Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Let's go. <laughs> hey, Craig, I recorded that. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, we have, you know what, 85 episodes in and we finally made it. We made it to a week when there literally ain't shit happening. Uh, I don't, I, I, I have nothing to inspire a song or anything. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, I, you know what? Like, I, I, I know we've talked about this on the show before, but you know, for people who are, you know, relatively new to the show or, or at the very least weren't around at about this time last year, we, we kept like waiting for when we were going to run out of stuff to talk about. And we had, you know, a list of stuff like, you know, just like, topics. where'd that list go? Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. I, I may try to find that during this episode. Cause we, we really don't have anything to talk about. Actually, I think but it's on Google. I might, it, I might it look. Might be. It might be. So yeah. So anyway, we were stressing like a year ago when the show was pretty new, we were stressing like, man, we're going to, we're going to get to that point where there's just nothing to talk about and there's nothing to do. And man, I don't know what we're going to, and, and, and it never actually happened. And so we sort of marveled at the fact that it never really happened that like, yeah, if you just keep plugging away, there's always stuff, interesting stuff to talk about. And, uh, Craig, we, we have officially reached the point when there is nothing to talk about. I mean, I, I, yeah, last year we had two, like a basketball coach, baseball coach. And I did the, I did the link post, the hot cougar action post this morning and did a little like, back to omaha update but we've already talked we've covered that. that front and back yeah. like uh let's see there's recruiting stuff happening but you know we, we've sort of covered I, I mean i guess we can talk for two minutes about how we uh got a commit from a punter yeah uh, i don't know if you're... um no you, you don't want to talk me... about how we got a commit from a punter well hold on before we do that uh yeah. this is podcast versus everyone i'm craig powers sitting with me not sitting with me only so like I, a couple times I has he ever been to you. Um, is Jeff Newser. That's me. Um, I I have pulled up our podcast versus everyone summer topic idea brainstorming. Oh, you have it. Okay, so send it. Hold on, send me the link so that I yeah, can. Yeah, I'll also. drop. I'll drop it to you. Um, okay. Yeah, we may have to like do a little like spin the wheel on some of this shit. Oh yeah, there's some good stuff in here. We've done, I think, a couple this of things. This was all you, too, wasn't it, by the way? I think like, you added you a couple of things. Of these ideas. I don't know. I think you added a couple of things. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone in 60s on here. We did figure that out. And then on-site brewery, on-site brewery beer bar episodes, flat stick yeah, locations. We did that. Yeah. yeah. We did that twice. That was great. Did we do it on Oh, yeah. We did it on-site at we, Single Hill. At Single Hill. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Cougon places. Love it. My my local tap room had some uh, kegs of Single Hill just sitting there waiting to be tapped this week. And I was like, oh. Yeah, those those Yakima yeah, Valley breweries have been sending more of their beer over here because uh, although uh, people in Yakima, if you talk to my dad who lives there, <laughs> a bunch of idiots, he says, because they've been uh, uh, not uh, following the, the stay-at-home stuff very well. and. <laughs> That's why you see Wait, Yakima you, is. Are you what, saying rural Washington is? Well, not I mean all Yakima's social distancing. Yakima is not particularly rural. Like it's not that rural. Um, 
there are rural areas of Yakima, but Yakima's pop, Yakima County population is similar to Thurston County, and Thurston County is going into uh, um, phase two, but Yakima County has not done phase two yet. <laughs> um, but we are going to Yakima this weekend. Uh, finally cracked. I uh, got to go visit the B's grandparents. So. Oh. That's a good uh, th- three months was enough, I guess. So they're they've they've it's just been a long time, but um, I will tell you, this has been super hard on like my parents and Sarah's parents and how they've had a hard, you know, not not being able to either see the kids or even they, they've seen them a few times, but um, our kids pretty regularly go stay at, with their grandparents. Like, right. Like this is I, when I say pretty regularly, I'm talking usually. At, one weekend a month, pretty minimum, you know, and sometimes it's like two or three weekends in a row where yeah. they'll just go stay with grandparents and not because we're like, get our kids out of here, but because, you know, they're like, yeah, kids want to come up. We're like, sure, whatever, you know, have a ball. And, uh, you know, I think it's pretty healthy for, for us in our marriage too, you know, Absolutely. to get a little, little time without, without children where we can go and, and, you know, be together. But, um, but it's, it's been really hard on the grandparents, like, like not being able to have them over for extended periods, not being able to hug them. Like, um, we're getting to the point now where we're like, okay, how can, how can we, how can we do the hugging? Okay. So let's, uh, let's get some masks. And part of it is also like, we, we've got a couple of grandparents that work in, in sort of high risk areas. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the other piece is, um, you know, we, we do have like one grandparent who, who is retired and is at home. So that's no big deal. The other grandparents are kind of in and out of shaky situations, especially one of them. And so it, that makes it a lot tougher. And so we worked out with, with her like, Hey, you know, okay, well let's, let's, let's do a mask. And, uh, you know, and then we can do, we'll, we'll, you know, wash everybody will wash their hands and, and then, and then we'll do some hugs and everybody, everybody wins. So, yeah. Yeah. We had my, uh, my mom came over tonight with my. She's been living with my sister because she we moved. She moved up from back from California three months ago, and um, you know, almost three months ago, me and my sister went and picked her up and brought her back. And uh, she hasn't seen B the whole time, and she hadn't seen B um, since Christmas before that. So it's it it's been you know she hadn't seen B for like five months. Or almost six months, and and so she finally uh, got to see her uh, uh, tonight, and she was just like you know over the moon, and B was so excited, and so now we're gonna go see the uh, the other grandparents and my dad and stuff, and it's just like because uh, we live so far away, it's it's kind of it's kind of rough, um, you know, uh, being able to see people. Um, obviously, my mom and my sister live twenty minutes away, but we have not seen because my mom is. Um, in some ways a little, um, uh, you know, immunocompromised, uh, she's had right. some, some, uh, strange, uh, strange diseases that you can only get in central California. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but, um, but my, uh, uh, we, we, it's kind of funny. I was talking to my sister and I, I told her yesterday, I was like, Hey, we're just let you know, we're going over to Yakima. And, and she's like, Oh, well, when do you think it's going to be okay for mom to come visit? Well, I'm like, well, I was like, well, it's we were waiting for you guys to say that like when mom felt comfortable because obviously Amanda works in a hospital, but, um, but she works in Olympia and uh, frankly, there have not been that many cases in Olympia. Um, she has not come in contact with anyone, um, that has it. Uh, so, 
uh, we've just kind of, and now Olympia Thurston is moving to phase two. We're kind of feeling a little bit more comfortable. Um, obviously it's, you're, you feel uncomfortable with every contact with you. It's funny when, when they were coming over, we knew they were coming over and we were talking like, I don't even know, like I should be excited. I, I haven't seen my mom since the night we drove her back from California yeah. And I dropped her off at my sister's house. I, I haven't seen my sister in that since then either. I haven't seen my little niece since then. Like she's uh, like ten months now, or and and uh, I haven't seen her since she was like seven months. So it's like a crazy amount of development. Like she's a totally different little thing now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's just like she, I should she's be right in that time when like every couple of days they're doing something new. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like I should be excited, but I was just like. It feels weird. I'm just kind of like, uh, feels strange about this, uh, you know, because we haven't had people over, you know, the only right. person we had over in the last three months uh, was the uh, a notary that came to uh, to finalize it so we could sign the final papers on closing on our uh, refinance, taking advantage of the one good thing uh, in the yeah. in the COVID yeah. it was the low interest rates, and so like so that's the that was weird having someone over like B was just like freaking out, and I kept her away obviously like I uh, you know we kept her away as much as we could like um, and uh, but she was just like why is someone here but. She was so excited when my mom and sister sh- and, and and her cousin showed up today, and it was so okay. we you know we just uh, you know we sit in the uh, sit sit around outside sit around in the living room you know kind of separated, um, but have you know being able to hang out together and and stuff it's 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 nice you know, um, but whatever. Uh, See, this is the kind of stuff you talk about when I don't need anything to talk about. <laughs> Welcome to Podcasters, everyone. This is a cute podcast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, it could be worse. We could talk about how a German soccer team ruined our day earlier this week. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I will say uh, there is a point. Uh, for that game, they had been piping in sound, but not really that. Like It was mostly just yeah. kind of like noise, like general noise. Like It was yeah. kind of this like buzzing sound. But they like they literally piped in like a recording of fans cheering for that entire thing. And and like <laughs> what did you think of that? I you know, I really liked it. Um a lot of, you know, I listened to a fair number of podcasts. I I've been listening to a lot of number of podcasts on the Bundesliga to try and kind of catch up and understand it and kind of know what's going on with the different teams. And there there's one particular particular guy couple couple guys who are like oh don't do that don't don't you know no artificial sound it'll be terrible it'll you're not fooling anybody it's like the point isn't to fool anybody the point is to make it seem at least a little more normal yeah and uh, apparently so what I heard was that um, the sound that we heard on the broadcast was actually just on the broadcast it was not in the in the stadium. oh interesting so. Which I thought was whatever they did, they made it sound like it was coming from in the stadium. I don't. Yeah, know. they did. Yeah, I, like I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of what it. That that's how how it sounded to me was that it sounded like it was uh, coming from inside the stadium. So kudos to them, and it was uh, pretty pretty natural. Um, yeah. They did a good job, like well, and doing soccer the whistles. Is, yeah. yeah. Soccer is kind of a, a a good one because like the fans are kind of chanting throughout, like so it's not right, it's not as right. much as not quite it's as not like you're just hitting a yeah. button when yeah. something good or bad yeah. happens. 
So they, they did a pretty good job, like transitioning from good to bad things. Uh, when when something seemed a little questionable, they had a little button that that had the whistles, which, of course, we don't we don't really do that over here. But um, it's a very common thing in European soccer. To, it's very whistle confusing. over over a disagree disagreeable call. It's very confusing. I don't know if you've like if you when I've watched European soccer, like it throws me off so much. Like, yeah, they don't boo. Uh, they whistle. They whistle. And then like. It, it they whistle really well like it sounds like a, a ref whistle yeah. and you're like uh, uh. Yeah, they probably they probably raise their kids to be able to whistle at referees have you noticed they they implement that in fifa too like yeah uh, like it's in <laughs> fifa and it i swear my i step like i'll have a defender on someone and then i'll st- hesitate because i hear that whistle i haven't gotten used to it <laughs> like, yeah yeah um, so yeah but it was um that was interesting i'm not sure I'm not sure, you know, you mentioned, I think the the key element, which is that with soccer, the, the sound is just pretty continuous. Um, Especially in a, a, like, especially in a a stadium that like Dortmund has, it's very raucous. So there are songs, there are chants, there are cheers. Um, It's pretty, and and then soccer itself being a continuous sport, right? Lends itself to that. Um, football obviously is not. So I, I assume that's yeah, kind of where tough. you were going was thinking yep. about this fall and if there are no fans in the stands and how that works or what that looks like and, or what it sounds like is probably a better way to put it. And, um, I, you know, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I guess you could just have a baseline level of like, like the buzz, noise. like a buzz yeah. sort of thing. And then I don't know when something good happens, like you push a button and people cheer. I mean, I don't know. Like it's, uh, uh, it's, it's like a laugh track thing. for like yeah. on a 90s comedy but i will say i mean you know after having gone through it it's it's it wasn't i thought it would be okay from the beginning like even when they weren't doing it i was like this would actually i think work okay um and then they did it and i was like yeah that that was about what i thought like it just it's it's we talked about last week how it's just kind of creepy <laughs> when all you hear is like the thumping of the ball yeah and yeah. guys yelling at each other. And, Especially there was a yeah. there was another match uh, the first week it was back that played after, um, uh, after the Dortmund match and and they didn't play any sound at all in the stadium yeah. and didn't play any sound anywhere and it was very weird. But yeah, but the the one bummer of them playing, and I, I think part of why they did it too because it was like kind of a rivalry match. Is that is you could not hear the uh, the swearing at the between the players as much, um, uh, which was fun when uh, Schalke Schalke and uh, and Dortmund played, or Schalke Schalke however you say it. Yeah, I don't know. Close yeah. enough. Whatever. I don't speak German. They don't. Um, they don't deserve. They don't deserve your respect of pronouncing their name correctly. Oh, I, I wanted to say it. there's another part. Um, so uh, you you play FIFA yearly. Um, I, I buy FIFA every year or two you know whatever um you know there's there's pro evolution soccer as well as obviously a competitor yeah. and and they're they're always trying to you know there's people that say the the soccer's better or whatever which they could be like i i'm ea makes uh, a, a lot of shitty sports games so it, like it very well could be a better experience soccer wise um but I, i'm not uh that uh intelligent enough to know <laughs> um, um uh but uh but they've been kind of ticket so what's happened between the fight between these two is they've been getting like partnerships from different clubs and so like juventus the famous uh, italian club 
um, one of the most famous clubs in the world that Christian Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo plays for, um, uh, is not in FIFA. Uh, they are called, uh, although Cristiano Ronaldo and all the players are in FIFA, but the, the, the uh, team is not in FIFA because they have an exclusive um, uh, uh, deal with uh, Prohibition Soccer. I noticed that even though Schalke is in, um, is in FIFA, obviously that because uh, uh, FIFA has a uh, an agreement with the Bundesliga, but they have a partnership with Pro Evolution Soccer, so we definitely cannot buy Pro Evolution Soccer because Schalke has a has a has a partnership with them, so it's tainted, it's awful, it's mm. terrible. Mm. So don't even consider it, man. Okay, I will not consider it then. A proper a proper Dortmund fan would never consider it. That's right. That's me, lifelong Dortmund fan. I think the Huskies have a have a, a partnership with them as well, actually. So, oh, speaking of that, um, comeback story of the day. Uh, um, WSU was uh, Cougar Gold Cheese uh, today yeah. was pitted against. Um, I'm scrolling through against some nonsense, you know, uh, from the, the UW cherry campus. Blossoms. The cherry the blossoms. Cherry blossoms. Yeah, Which congrats. are I, I will allow they are pretty beautiful. Yeah, whatever, man. Who but cares? They're no, not they're terrible. Cougar gold. Well, yeah, and they're not cougar gold. You can't which is... eat them. So uh, about uh, so the, obviously you know you run a Twitter poll it runs for twenty four hours whatever right. Um, so the Pac twelve network has been running these posts. Um, uh, not that popular, honestly. Um, Five hundred sixty four total votes by the end, uh, which is why uh, I think. <laughs> The Cougs were able to, who were trailing yeah. with two hours left, were able to win comfortably, fifty fifty six percent to forty four percent. Yeah. Um. I. I. In. I. I'm just gonna go ahead and pat ourselves on the back, Jeff, because uh, yeah. All the all us Kook Center folk tweeted. We uh, amplified uh, it. We amplified it. Bam. We we got us over the top. Um. Congrats to us. Um. Uh. Great job, us. Uh. We're we are very important. Um, influencers in the Cougasphere. Also, just happy to see Cougar Gold Cheese now going up to, to against Shout at Autzen, which is the lamest thing I've ever what heard. What even is that? Like, I'm guessing they sing Shout. Oh. Like the song? Oh, you know what? That that kind of makes some sense, though, because I know that um, Animal House was filmed on their campus. Oh. So that's okay. my guess. I'm guessing that's... Well, I'm that's... Just, I'm that's just fine. guessing that's the connection that they do that's shout fine, as, I guess. as an ode to uh or as a homage to to yeah. Animal House. I haven't I haven't been to a game in, in Eugene. Yeah, fun um, fact, Animal House was uh based off of uh, a chapter of my fraternity at some college on the East Coast. So All right. We wore that as a badge of pride oh, during yeah. initiation, let me tell you that. I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you. But okay, so watch out, Coog fans, for that next poll. Um, so we can Tomorrow, beat out. I was it? sad. Shout out Otson beat out Gary Payton's trash talk. Which That's I wanted so to... terrible. Yeah, I assume it's going to be tomorrow. I don't Oregon know. State fans are really falling down on the job. Seriously, get what? I mean, I, it it would have been kind of hard for me to vote. Gary Payne's trash talk against Cougar Gold, both like Titans yeah. in their respective I, industries. I know. You can't even like, you can't even do that. By the way, if you hear that, my child is 
I don't know. You, you could have heard. Uh, he roared into the microphone. He tried to scare me. Oh, it didn't really yeah. work. But I, I was I was blathering about. So <laughs> I don't know. no, it's. I mean, Gary Payton's trash talk. Like I I just watched episode eight of The Last Dance. And ah, uh, yes. God damn it. That one. That one's the one that turned turned me to be like, fuck this. Like it's too much. Too, Michael Jordan too- laughing at Gary Payton. Oh, that that was the one where like, yeah, it's fine. There, it's 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 one sided. We get it. And then then of course that episode was like, this is bullshit. Yeah, like look up his I, numbers when Peyton was guarding him. Absolutely, like Gary Peyton was a monster. As as I said on Slack for for any Sonics fans out there, that that series was one hundred percent decided by Ron Harper and Nate McMillan. Like yeah. that was that that series did not come down to Michael Jordan and Gary Peyton. It was. Two uh, two hobbling point guards Six men. who both had injuries, uh, and and both of them were were sort of the difference makers, the X factors for their team. And and when they played, their teams played really well. And when they didn't play, their teams play didn't play that well. And you know, yeah, it's I don't know, man. As a Sonics fan, like wh- whenever I see that stuff, I'm both like, it, it both makes me smile and makes me pissed and. I get depressed all over again and I'll never uh I'll never quite get over losing the Sonics, man. It's it it's one of the I, not to get like super dramatic, but I'm going to anyway cuz I I'm not I'm just not being hyperbolic when I say it was one of it still is one of the saddest things in my life. Um, yeah, no 100% just, agree. Like, like if if someone took the, I mean really, it, it would be like if someone took the Cougs away from me. It, it was the Sonics were my first love. Yep. As a sports team. I Same. mean, I was, uh, you know, growing, basically coming of age as a sports fan during the time when uh, they were awesome under George Carl. And uh, I still remember them losing to the Nuggets and how that crushed me. And then and then the yeah. joy of 96 and, uh, you know, and some of the other stuff. I mean, they just they, they were consistently good for quite a while, you know, pretty much for a decade. And mm-hmm. um, they had some of them out. Two, couple and of the more played, dynamic players in the in the and, league. Yeah, and they played a really exciting, fun brand of basketball. Yeah, trapping like just, defense. And... Yeah, they trapped on defense. They forced turnovers. They shot threes. I was I was talking about this with Kyle Sherwood the other day on on Slack. We were DMing back and forth a little bit, and and the Sonics were were really ahead of their time in terms of the number of threes that they shot. Um, they shot way more than they were like third or fourth in the league, I think, in three point attempts in '96 and. You know, we're kind of ahead of the curve on that. Um, weren't really ahead of the curve defensively on that. <laughs> they allowed a lot of threes also. But, um, you know, it just was, you know, they, they just were fun, man. They they played at a high tempo. They, um, you know, they had dudes who could who could fly like, like uh, you know, like obviously like Sean Kemp. And, um, you quite know, literally. And, yeah, I mean, quite literally. You know, and so I've, I've, I've kind of gone into uh, kind of gone into the YouTube rabbit hole to find whatever games I can find of those uh of those old Sonics teams and yeah, basically like 87 through yeah. 97 and anything, you know, when I find games at key arena and, and there's a fair number of them, when I find games at key arena and they do, um, and this is the thing that gets me, which is, I, I don't know. Like, so when you go to a Cougar game, like I imagine there's, there's a little bit of you, like the very first time Glenn Johnson goes, and that's another, and you go Cougar first down. You're like, Oh my God, this is so great. I'm back at Martin stadium. Right. Yep. Cause it's a Martin stadium thing. Right. Yep. Um, 
you know, when I watch these games at Key Arena, it's, it's kind of the same deal. You know, when Gary Payton streaks by someone for a layup, yeah, the, they go, the Gary road Payton, and then there's, like, the road, the runner, road runner and, like, runner. the squealing tires yeah. and, you know, and it's – and it's oh, just man. like, or, you know, Sean Kemp goes in for a dunk and they do the thunder, you know, for the rain, man. And it's just all that stuff. And it just takes me back um, to that time. And, you know, I went to a lot of Sonics games back in the day. And, um, yeah, it just, yeah, you know, it reminds me of, of what they were and how much I miss having the NBA around. And um, Yeah, man, and it's kind of like, it's like this, um, it, it kind of makes it worse that uh, Calabro works for the Blazers because, oh. like, yeah, no kidding. Like I, I know he relished that that Dame Lillard three to beat um, the Thunder, but like it was still, it's like, like he he's ours, man. Like, come yep. on, like. Yep. But I also don't blame him for. Oh yeah, that. I mean Make, he he like, wasn't dude. all the other stuff he did. He frankly, I, I love him to death, but frankly, he was made for the NBA. Oh and yeah. The other stuff he tried to do was not as good of his, as his work in the NBA. I mean, he tried doing, let's see, he had a rate, he had a talk show, talk radio show in Seattle, uh, did some, did, he was the, uh, play by play guy for the Sounders their first season, which yeah. a lot of people don't remember. Yeah. Um, I've heard he got, some of those. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> and it wasn't like, it wasn't for lack of trying. I mean, he gave it, you know, he, he's a pro, like he gave it a good effort. And then, uh, you know, he did some Pac-12 network stuff, doing football and basketball for that, and uh, not great. And, you know, so he kind of took – he didn't really take any time off. I mean, he was doing, like, uh, like NBA on ESPN radio stuff, I think, is what he was doing in the meantime. Um, but then eventually, you know, the Blazers convinced him to come down once it became clear that uh, that the Sonics were, were not, not coming back. Not anytime soon, yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, so, I mean, he gets to do that. And I, I catch him every once in a while on NBCSN and, or N- uh, NBC – northwest sports northwest or whatever it's called uh with the blazers broadcasts and honestly the worst part about it is is uh lamar hurd is his partner and he's uh, uh iffy <laughs> we get him on Coog broadcasts we, we used whenever to get the him Cougs on play, broadcasts whenever they play in oregon State. yeah so uh it's a little it's a little like really that's you know portland that's the best you could do but um, did he play for the blazers no at what Oregon State went to yeah. Oregon State. They, they they couldn't find anyone else. <laughs> I think I think he did like some like Blazers like uh, pregame, halftime, postgame stuff on the network. And there couldn't there couldn't have been see, but. a better duo in the NBA than uh, Calabro and Marcus Johnson. You, honestly, I, I, I think you misspoke. I think you mean a better duo in the history of basketball broadcasting. Yeah is what I think you meant to say. That was amazing. <laughs> that, it was dude, so fantastic. Marcus Johnson's like deep tones and just like cool guy. Everything. He was just cool. Yep. And the way they would play off of each other. Oh, and, they were so good. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, Goku. <sighs> God damn it, Craig. Oh, there's my dogs. Uh, <sighs> that means uh, probably my, my sister and uh, mom and uh, niece God. are leaving. Son of a but, bitch. Uh, but yeah, but God damn man, David Stern. Yeah, that son of a bitch. We could we could do a, a podcast series on that. Uh, we could. like many have done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Cougs. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. I don't got nothing to talk about. Uh, we we have a yeah. We signed an Australian punter. Just Yay! like 
So, Punter. Woo, uh, he's Australian. Utah's had a lot of success with that, right? I think the from Seahawks the same. Seahawks have an Australian punter. From the same academy or whatever. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Um, I hope he never gets to play. Yeah, me too. I hope they never use him. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like, I don't know. Did you hear, like, they, they got a commit from a punter and went, why? Yeah. Like, that like, was my first reaction. Like, we're giving a scholarship to a punter? I don't, okay. <laughs> like, um, I don't care how good he is. Uh, yeah. on, truly, truly. And I mean that sincerely. Like, I do not care how good he is. Unless he I can uh, don't want play a punter on unless he's, scholarship. If he, maybe if he's 6'2", 330 and can play a nose tackle and, uh, and also punt. And I'm totally down for that. I mean, it's, 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 it's like simple math. Like, like uh, recruiting is probabilities, right? Like, like we've had, we had conversations about probabilities <laughs> today. Like it, it's, it's, you know, you, you're trying to like get as many bites at the apple as you can, you know, like throw as many darts at the dartboard as you can. Like, like it's, you know, that some of the recruits aren't going to work out. So you're trying to give yourself the best chance possible to uh, succeed. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, maybe isn't the best use of a scholarship or, or, or what we would call an initial scholarship, right. Which is when someone signs um, is, you know, giving it to a, to a kicker, like that's to a specialist. Like that's just, kind of, I'm not saying that's a waste of a scholarship, um, but you know, like college sports is littered with, you know, kickers who sign and suck when they show up. Not yeah. saying this guy's going to suck. He might be awesome. He might be WSU the best punter we've ever seen. gave a scholarship to a kicker a few years. I swear Leach did once, and he, I don't think the guy ever saw the field. Leach, I think, tried to. Oh, tried and then, to. And then, and then oh, he, he flipped to and UW. He flipped, and then guess what? Guess what he did at UW? He sucked. He sucked. That's right. <laughs> he sucked. Like... I mean, I think we all like not to not to rip on the guy, but I think we all have, you know, visions of Lauren Langley in our head. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just there are so many examples of kickers who show up and are not good. And, you know, typically what you do is what Leach did. Uh, Leach did the last handful of years, which is, you know, you send out Eric Mealy and you say, OK, go find a bunch of walk ons and um, let them show up and, and kick and. Uh, if they prove that they don't suck, then maybe we'll consider giving one of them a scholarship. So Dragicevich is on scholarship right now, which was only after he had an awesome year. And you're like, OK, this guy can kick. Right. Like, um, you know, kickers, we, we've, we've got a history of kickers, you know, doing that, too. Although I think I do want to say I think Maza went on scholarship immediately when he transferred i'm not i'm not positive about that but i think that's the case um but again that's a guy who had sort of proven you know to some degree that he could do it so anyway it just it's not the greatest strategy to be handing out initial scholarships to kickers um because you only get 25 of them a year and you know you got to restock the talent and you know you you can always give a scholarship to a kicker later um, and there are a lot of them around so. I mean, if this guy is Reed Forrest, then fine. I mean, let's be if, real. If he can average 15 yards a carry and, you know, be the best offensive player you have, you know, then, then yeah, give him a scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. I mean, it, I probably wouldn't think it was as big of a deal if I wasn't looking at the rest of the class and worrying like crazy. Yeah, which so. we've. Yeah, which, which we've, we've covered. covered. 
Um, I mean, Leach signed a long snapper a couple of years ago, for goodness sake. So I'm not, I mean, that that's like crazy pants. But, um, and, and again. Yeah, these are players that we more, never want more power to see to the, the field. Kid. We I'm, want to I'm score happy, touchdowns every I'm time. I'm happy for the kid who got a scholarship. This is not a personal uh, assessment. It's just a, you know, what's, what's a good allocation strategic. of resources. Yeah. And maybe not giving an initial scholarship to to a specialist is is a good idea but whatever you know whatever, whatever. Man. i don't know if y'all noticed that uh jeff and i are uh, interrupting each other more <laughs> we we tend to do that when we've had a couple yep well i was drinking some beers with my sister and, and yeah uh, i was and, grilling uh, burgers there you go it's a good night. we just ordered some pizza it was a great oh. night but we don't have you good know. pizza out here in rural Pierce County. Well, Tacoma, even the whole entire city, there isn't many good places. My my favorite place uh, that I've zeroed in on is Half Pint. There's also a pretty good place uh, that's Cougoned, um, which I the name is slipping me. That we went while Half, Half Pint was closed. Uh, shit, god damn it. Um, uh they're great they have like coog memorabilia up and and someone's yelling and at, at me right now um <laughs> uh, they have a dog is there, yelling at you to, to, they have a dog at the uh, no just any person any coog that lives in tacoma is yelling at me right now oh, they, they have a they I have a you. dog as their logo um uh, sammy's sammy's pizza there we there go, we go. Um, there's they have a couple locations, but yeah, they make some pretty good pizza too. Um, but good. half pints a little cheaper and yeah. pretty similar quality, so uh, we go there. But I have heard that Sammy's is a great place to watch Cougar games, um, and I, I'll be in there. They have Cougar memorabilia everywhere, both locations. Um, I've heard they play all the games, so um, maybe they check should them sponsor out. the show, and then we'll come record a show from there. Yeah, that'd be great. That's what we should do. Yeah, get on that. You're just trying to get free shit, Jeff. Come on. Isn't that what this is all about? That's why we do what we do. SB Nation is paying us so much money to do this. <laughs> a, mean, penny for, a penny for your thoughts, Jeff? A penny for your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Literally. Literally a penny for my thoughts. Oh, anyway. man. We don't get an email in the morning. <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody listens to nobody us. Nobody listens to us. At least not no nobody from SB Nation does. Hey, one thing we... Bi- they got bigger look, fish to fry right now. We we joke. We joke. We'll joke about the compensation because that's, it is a bit of a joke. But but the one thing the SB Nation has never done, for us at least, I don't know if other team sites, they've never told us what to do. We no. have never, ever, ever been told what well, to do. Well, that's, I mean... That's the uh, that's sort of the beauty of of working for SB Nation, right? Is like, uh, it's it's you know, like the pay is crap, but at the same time we get to do pretty much whatever the hell we want. So, it's a pretty and we have fun, off. and we have fun. So, so uh, I, I think uh, we can take a break so SB Nation can pay the bills, <laughs> and yeah. then we'll come back. Maybe talk about beer. Talk about maybe Marvin Cannon. Sure. Um, even though we've talked about him <laughs> sure. quite a bit already. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's go to break. And we're back. Back. You know what that is? 
No. It's the sound of a cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Did it sound like one? Okay, man. No. No? Yes? No. Maybe? No. A little? No. Come on, a little. Sure. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Marvin Cannon's transferring in the least surprising news of the year. Yeah. This was a... I mean, obviously, he tried to leave uh, last year. Um, and then yeah, my my sense isn't that he that he tried to leave. He just kind of thought maybe I should was thinking well, there was, like I'm going to. And then, you know, well, there was some, back, so. you know, there was some thought that he wanted to go closer to home because right. he's from the East Coast. But. Right. Yeah. That that was the thing floating around at the time was that he was because he's from Virginia. So Virginia. Right. I'm not yeah. speaking out of my ass on that. Uh, so that's pretty far away from Pullman. Richmond, Virginia. There we go. Pretty far from Pullman, and, you know, he had some other, you know, whatever. Like, like just, you know, uncertainty of a coaching change and et cetera, and decided to come back and, uh, you know, didn't didn't have the greatest uh, individual year. So, mm. which, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It, it, he just looked kind of out of sync, particularly offensively um, the whole year. Um, he shot really well from outside. His first season in Pullman did was not good. Like surprisingly three. well. Yeah, he does not have a good looking stroke. Uh, but I mean, we were both of you and I were very we were happy that he came back because yeah, he just seems like the kind of toolsy guy that uh, would would have fit really well with uh, Kyle Smith because he's he's long. He plays, you know, he's he plays D. I mean, he can jump. Like he can offensive rebound, he can shoot threes, so he's got a lot of tools. But um, and and all you know, obviously we're um, uh, advanced stat nerds, and and his like offensive rating looks okay. It's one hundred seven point four or whatever. Um, but honestly, at, get at his low usage rate, it's not that exciting. Um, a, a good teams have guys at a 14% usage rate have like 120 offensive right. ratings because all they do is hit open threes or right. all they do is hit open layups or, or free throws or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they dunk or whatever. You know, you're looking like a guy like Pollard who had a 15% offensive rating or 15% usage and had a 118 offensive rating. That's what you're expecting right. out of out of those kind of those right. if uh, you've got a low, limited contributors. If you've got a low usage and your efficiency sucks, that's a real problem. Which I'll say, Marvin's did not suck. It was it just wasn't. It just wasn't you know, like, like sky high. It's not like a guy like you look at like Koontz. His Koontz was because uh, he really was very limited. Like Marvin, at least you know, because he attacks the um, offensive glass, would draw some fouls, get to the free throw line, whatever. Um, but he really, he he really showed an inability to. Uh, um, I mean, which we knew he was an inability to kind of create any shot for himself. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Pollard's a really good example of what you're hoping for with low usage guys. Like his offense, his efficiency was 118, which uh, translates into roughly, you know, 1.18 points per possession used for him, which again is, is really efficient. And he does, didn't, you know, take many shots, didn't use many possessions. That's really what you're hoping for. Like when you go back to like the, 
you know, the old Tony Bennett teams, um, you start looking down the roster and you see guys like Caleb Forrest, right? Like I know you and I talked about Caleb Forrest the other day. The miracle David, of Caleb Forrest. Yeah, David Harmeling when he still remembered how to shoot. Um, you know, those kinds of guys. You know, low Robbie usage, Cowgill even. Robbie yeah. Cowgill is a great example. Yeah, low usage, high efficiency guys. Um, you know, you, you definitely need those guys on your roster. Jeff Pollard's what you're shooting for. Well, Jeff Pollard's kind of the only guy that we had in that range. Yeah. But Cannon was pretty good too. Um, yeah. In that sense, he was pretty you know, good. One oh seven's not terrible. Like it was is it's entirely much like his uh, his season last year it was is built quite a bit on on free throw rate. Right. Which which is good. Which is okay. Um, but you know, when you watched him on the floor, it was it was pretty clear. Um, you know, what his limitations are and, and why he was always maybe going to struggle to be a consistent scorer. He's just not, um, he's not an addict. He's not even really an adequate ball handler. Um, nope. and as far as the shooting goes, I know that like two years ago, you and I sort of marvel, <laughs> marveled at the fact that his three point percentage was reasonably high and that his free throw percentage was really, really, really high. I think both the, you and I had a feeling that, that that was um, that there was some randomness involved in maybe it being higher than what his true talent level was, um, just in terms of watching the stroke, yeah. and not that that's always a reliable indicator. You know, I know another thing I was marveling at recently was Sean uh, Sean Marion's uh, old <laughs> shooting stroke, with or even Reggie sense. Miller, man, yeah. Like- so that's not always the greatest measure, but um, but I know with Kenan, it just always looked very like. Uh, you there's know, a hitch. There's yeah, a hitch. Yeah, there's for a sure. hitch, and it's just not real fluid, and you just feel like, huh. Um, and so when it well, started it, yeah. to drop off toward the end of his sophomore year, yeah, because that that definitely because he was shooting like fifty percent from three at one yeah. point, and and like ninety eight percent from the free throw line yeah. like it was like what and then it started to drop off a little bit and you're like okay that makes yeah, sense you look at the conference only uh right. stats are quite a lower right. yeah and so then last year similar kind of deal you know but had had even maybe a little bit more difficult time shooting i mean he only shot 23 percent from three which um is is i think probably worse than his true talent level but yeah also you know, again, the randomness kicking in on that, just a little bit sequencing, whatever. When I, I definitely think so. without, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, a true score, like without like, uh, he, they had Ellaby and they, and, they, damn, uh, shit, you know, I've had too much to drink. Um, but, um, <laughs> they had Ellaby and they had Robert Franks. And so like, oh, you're talking about he, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two years ago, he was okay. getting, it was a lot of corner. Uh, I mean, and and a corner is not as big a deal in college basketball because uh, it's the same distance right, all the it's way not around. Shot. In, in college, in in NBA, it's shorter. The corner three is like a foot shorter than the. Well, than and the by top the three. way, he only shot thirty three percent on fifty four threes. Well, that's what we're saying. He was at fifty so percent, and then it wasn't good. And he only <laughs> like, like it. It was he started so in non conference play. Or he was eight of nineteen, so right. he was hitting almost you know forty some percent, and then conference play ten of thirty five. So it's like uh, it, he's he definitely went downhill. Um, I I I and and the thing, yeah, like I think he probably had took some tougher looks, but he actually 
part of this was the free throws. Part of this was um, I just don't think he had the same freedom to roam about in in Kyle Smith's offense that he yeah. did in in Ernie Kent's kind of like roll him out and let him go type well, approach. And in um, Ernie's offense, he was surrounded by dudes who could shoot. Yeah, and you know, so he was free to just sort of slash to the basket, dive to the basket. Um, you know, those are things that he was able to do. And, and Kyle Smith, you know, talks about how he wants six tool guys and he wants them to be able to shoot and dribble and pass and all these other things. And you kind of sit there and go, well, isn't that what every coach is looking for? They want that. Like, yeah, doesn't every course, coach right. want guys who can do all those things? And apparently they don't. Yeah. They don't. But when you watch the team this year, it be it, like, it, it became more clear what he was actually talking about. Like, like he quite literally needs guys who can do multiple things. And yeah. if you have things that you can't do very well, that's actually a problem. Yeah. And that's, I think what we saw with Marvin Cannon was, you know, it's a guy who can't really dribble. a guy who can't really pass. Uh, really at all. And, and those two things really made him, I mean, he just looked lost on offense most of the time because he couldn't really do either of those things. And so, you know, for his sake, I hope, um, I really hope he ends up at a program that plays at his strengths. Um, and, and to me, that's a program that uh, maybe presses on defense oh, yeah. and then also on offense wants to get out and run as much as possible um, and just allows him to maybe move away from the ball, cut to the basket, those kinds of things where he can really just kind of use his athleticism because his athleticism is great. And, and yeah, that was he the is. part that was always tantalizing. Yeah, yeah and he, he's got long arms, 6'5". He plays a lot bigger than 6'5". Yep. Um He's very slender, but um, he does play a lot longer than his height, and because he can he can jump like with the best of them, and yep. um, I, I I think he could crush it in a mid major league, yeah. um, with the right team, which is probably where he'll end up. I'm sure. Um, I, I think he'll go. I wouldn't be surprised if he went and had a great season, and uh, and and Kook, and Kook fans will go, "Oh, I wish we had him." And it's like, well, sometimes these guys just don't fit, you know? Yeah. Because actually, his his usage, we were talking about, his low. He had you know pretty low usage the season before at eighteen percent, but to drop four percent, so he was even less, like quite a bit less of a factor on offense than he was the season before, because yeah. he really just wasn't finding the shots, like and. Um, Obviously, Smith's philosophy was not to have him crash the offensive glass as much. Um, even though I, well, I'll let me, you know, uh, fact check myself right there. He actually had a higher offensive rebounding percentage yeah. this season. But, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know, he's he wasn't getting as many. Um, like his free throw rate dipped a little bit. That probably had a little bit to do with it. But he also just there was a lot of times he was on the op- the floor offensively, and he would just disappear and not really be a factor in any way. Um, and obviously he was in and out of injuries uh, too. Um, yeah. Hopefully next season he can stay healthy. He can find a place that he fits. And um, um, I because I, I I think he's got lots of. Uh, Lots of tools that yeah. can make him good. It just didn't. It just didn't work this year, and that happens. And, it, and it's it's nothing against Kyle Smith, nothing against Marvin Cannon, um, but I hope he can have a great senior year, and and you know have a good time, and hopefully win some games, score some points, um, dunk on some fools because that's what he's very good at. Um, and but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the kid. Um, I know you and I were excited when he came back. Yeah, and it just for sure. it's, it just didn't work out. It yep. just it happens, you know. Life. Sometimes it's like that. 
he yeah. he really did his best work. I mean, we, we kind of referenced this earlier, but he did his best work in non-conference. Um, you know, his conference-only stats the last couple of years were not great. Um, but so, like, his conference-only efficiency last year was 94. His overall efficiency, though, was 107. So that should tell you kind of what he did in, in those minutes during non-conference. Well, yeah, his, right? and, and, and a lot of that was the what was the Old Dominion, or I can't remember which. Yeah, uh, in the tournament, really he had a yeah. – in the, in the preseason tournament, he had a yeah. really good But same game. thing the year before. Like, he yeah. – uh, you know, overall offensive efficiency of 108, uh, conference only of 98. So, yeah. um, again, did really well against the lesser competition – struggled more against uh, against high major competition so um yeah i mean if hopefully if he ends up in the right kind of spot you know i mean i mean like you could see him land at a place i don't know like florida gulf coast right like you know go do go do uh, lob city <laughs> are they I mean, still doing that i i don't think they are but you know what i mean like that sort of a style that'd be cool if they were that like like they like some infield assistant cool. is still there it would actually be cool actually i'm gonna pull them up uh, see what they're like uh so yeah i mean someplace like that i'm sure he could succeed uh and be and you know do some things and um oh man so florida Gulf coast sucks now <laughs> that's sad oh never mind just kidding. and they play so there. slow dude their tempo uh, is so, okay, so slow all right so that's what we really need to look at we need to look at like who's got like high tempo like, All right, what year was infield there? Was that like thirteen? Marshall, yeah. send him to Marshall. Oh, you can go play for D'Antoni at Marshall. That'd be great. Wait, oh, D'Antoni's at Marshall. That's right. Yeah, Dan D'Antoni. They're like high tempo, uh, lots of twos. They don't shoot a ton of threes. Man, it, rest in peace. Lots of turnovers on defense. That's where he should go. Rest That's in peace, Marsh Madness. Fucking Florida Gulf Coast was the shit. Yes, that was. was one that of the best fun. things of all time. That was super fun. But I, I I still I have a, I have an FGCU shirt. Do I, you really? I do. I I, awesome. I I had to buy one due to it. Well, you know, I was I was uh, I was for college college basketball prospectus and and um um and uh, ESPN those years I was covering uh, the. Uh, uh, Atlantic Sun. So, like, I, I, I knew a lot about that team, and and it's funny what I wrote in my preview the year that they went to the Sweet Sixteen was that they were one year from being amazing. Like, uh, like next year they're going to be amazing. Like, they're going to be a really good team, and, and they just like beat me. You know, I was a year off. Like, they were just really good that season, um, and truthfully, they were. They were pretty good, and then they just like upset some people, and like, uh, and, and then just in a really like the thing about Florida Gulf Coast is they did it in this fashion that that uh, low majors never ever ever do. Like it's always like you know holding on to the ball and hitting a bunch of threes, but they're like, no, screw you, we're gonna do lobs and dunks, and and that was a blast, man, and yeah. and that make this now it's making me miss the tournament again. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, like everything we're talking about tonight is making us sad and making us miss things like I know. On. God dang. <sighs> was it really just the one year that Andy Enfield took him to the tournament? And then yeah. the next year and then yeah. he both then and he, went he to was USC. like, I'm out of here, dude. Every good college coach knows like when it's time to go. That includes Tony and it, Bennett. And I and I will say like he he's made USC better. Like probably not Yeah. Probably not achieved what USC could 
like you could probably achieve at USC, honestly. But yeah, but but really, no, one, hardly anyone has. So I don't know. Historically, they haven't been great though. That, that's yeah. Always so, been, so they are right up there with like. So we talk about how uh, Arizona State football is like this sleeping giant, right? Yeah, the sleeping yeah. giant. Someone's gonna awaken the sleeping giant. It's like you know what? After all these years, like, don't you think someone would have woken it up by now? Yeah. Like if 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 it really is a sleeping giant. Don't you think someone would have done that at this point? Yeah. And so, if they haven't, why not? US they would have went to Enfield's third tournament this year. Yes, they would. Have. Um they would have. And they probably would have been like a eight or nine seed, I think, probably. Um so he's had an eight seed and eleven seed. The best seed Good Lord, in the he's camp- been there seven damn years. It's it's I don't know, dude. We're old. We're so fucking old. Oh my god. He's still Dunk City to me, man. He's I was still watching. Dunk City. I was watching that 2003 Fiesta Bowl tonight that was on ESPN, replayed on ESPN with when Maurice Claret was a freshman and all that stuff. And I'm like watching. Oh, the like, pass interference yeah, at the end. Of yeah, the, yeah, that doesn't seem like that long ago. And I'm like, oh my god, like Willis McGahee's the running back at Miami, and Andre Johnson's the wide Dude, receiver. At Miami. I remember. Like, I was. Oh my god, these guys are all like have been in and out of the NFL for a while now dude i remember that game terrible i remember watching that game and we were watching i was watching at a friend's house there was like a bunch of us watching it and uh we were rooting for ohio state obviously because like miami was like the death star at that point (laughs) like you know what like you're like like they just seemed like they they ruled the world for those like three years but uh but like i remember the past like you saw it and you're like, ah, pass interference. And then it, there was, it seems like there was such a delay in the call. There was enough a delay that I, me and my, a couple of my buddies got up and left the house. Like, okay, we're, we're going to leave. We're going to take off. And then someone came out, like while we were getting our cars, we're like, they call pass interference. It's still going. Come back in. I still, I remember that. Like, like it was like, what are you serious? Like that's how, but then when I watched the replay, I'm like, it wasn't that big of a delay. Like how the, like it, it, in real time, it just must've felt like forever. Like, Oh, yeah. the game's over. We're leaving. Like, see you later. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, like that was, uh, that was a great game. Um, I mean, probably one of the greatest games in college football history, but whatever. Yeah. So I'm looking at USC's history, and let's see. Going so Ken Palm goes back. Yeah, to I'm looking at him too. Goes back to '97. Um, the highest seed they've had uh, since '97 was a four seed under Henry Bibby in 2002. Yeah. Tim Floyd. Well, they finished twelfth uh, in the Ken Palm range, so maybe they should. Maybe they were undersold. Yeah, they were that. probably underseeded, but okay, fine. And then Tim Floyd took him to the tournament three out of four years, but although five, t- five seeds, twelfth seed. would be a f- three seed, so I guess they're not undersold that much, right? And, and you know, and Tim Floyd did what he had to do, which is pay players to show up. Um, so good for him. And then Kevin O'Neill took him to a first four, and that was it. And then Andy Enfield's taken him to the tournament twice. Uh, highest Ken Palm ranking is forty nine after seven years. So Kevin O'Neill, fascinating college coach career yeah (laughs) what an asshole (laughs) that dude coached a major program somehow in four or five nine different seasons yeah including one two three four 
five losing seasons, a, a couple, f- a six win season and a five win season. Right. So Tennessee, Northwestern, and then he went to the NBA. This is only what Kempom has too. Yeah. Like I don't, he may have. I, I'm sure he was at Tennessee more than one year. So, um, but Tennessee in '97, Northwestern '98, '99. Did he take over after Lou Dolson retired for that one? Like he did. One year? He did. Yeah. He was the interim guy and then took over for a year, uh, and then got fired. Sam the Eagle. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like Sam the Eagle. Uh, and then, you know, ran USC into the ground because he's an abrasive prick. And Okay, uh, so he so. Uh, he was head coach at Marquette for five years. That's right. Uh, took them to a couple uh, – took him to a Sweet 16, parlayed that into Tennessee where he coached for three years. Uh, didn't have a winning record in any of the seasons, um, although did go to an NIT. Then coached for three years at Northwestern, uh, reached Northwestern, which at the time never reached a NCAA tournament. Um, wasn't there a team this year that's never reached an NCAA tournament that was going to? Possibly. I feel like there was one, and like they kept know. talking about it. Northwestern and... was on that list until a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember that bit. I think they might have been the last Power Five or something. Yeah, but, uh, I I remember them. T- like there was talk of a team all year that was like, oh, they're going to break the streak, um, but then it didn't happen. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know either. I I, I don't know. But yeah, this is a fascinating. It's a fascinating career because like he. After Northwestern, after we went five and twenty-five and zero and sixteen in Big Twelve play or Big Ten play, sorry, he he. Uh, I mean, these are Paul Wolfian um, conference record at Northwestern nine and thirty-nine, nine and thirty-nine, right. dude. That is, I think Co- Ernie Kent laughs at that. <laughs> like, well, what's I mean, what's wild is okay. So he's the coach at Marquette for a couple of years or for a few like five years, and uh, isn't you know. All that great. I mean, he's okay. If you get if you get tournament success, that's what it, right. And that's what will get so you. His you last know? year, at Marquette was really good. Twenty four and nine, ten and two in conference. Took him to a sweet, sweet 16. sixteen. So yeah. okay. So then he goes to Tennessee for a few years and is pretty middling there. Ends up in Northwestern and actually abjectly sucks at Northwestern. Just awful. Um, and then, like I said, I think I think at that point he goes to the NBA. Ends up coaching Toronto for a year eventually from in 2003, 2004, wins 33 games. Uh, ends up as an assistant at Arizona with Lute Olson. Ends up taking over for Lute Olson when he has his health problems. Ends up getting uh, booted out by Lute Olson when Lute Olson comes back, if I remember right. Ends up at USC. What the hell was USC think? I, I don't. How so how did I can't I don't remember I remember USC following is it such a like train wreck I, I remember following it in real time but like I don't remember why did they hire Kevin O'Neill like that's just nuts I think he was seen as like a like a calming influence like a steady hand you know because they were just coming off of uh, the Tim violations Floyd and, yeah right Tim Floyd was you know paying guys and. O.J. Mayo. O.J. Mayo. Right? O.J.'s guilty. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. And then he uh, predictably ran that train into the ground and got fired halfway through a season, his fourth season there. And uh, But I will say, I do enjoy him on, or when they used to have him on the Pac-12 network, 
halftime yeah. shows and he was like and i was like i like you grumpy old man he was so. super grumpy old man it was, it was very great. funny he's like and very full on play any defense full on sam the eagle at oh, that totally, point <laughs> totally yeah but he's a kind of you know honestly he's a guy who i kind of thought like might end up in pullman eventually because uh, uh. um and not because of anything other than he he really is able to uh like coach defense and, and kind of do things the way we think, you know, you pretty much have to win in Pullman. So um, there was a part of that. Yeah. He has had generally had good defenses, really including good defenses. the number or the number one defense in yeah. uh, of it for adjusted defensive efficiency yeah. in 2010. Yeah. That offense though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you, the, like that, that is some Dick Bennett WSU esque yes, stuff. Is. Yes, Number one defense in eighty six point one, dude. That is one of the best of all time adjusted defenses. Yeah, like if you look back, eighty six point one is super that's low. Crazy. That's right up there with like that Texas Tech Texas Tech a couple years ago. Years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's that's nuts, nuts low. Like yeah. I don't think Tony Bennett has ever reached that. But then you pair it with up. the two hundred sixty seventh offense. Oh my, oh my gosh! But, and, yeah. Yeah, lost twice to the Cougs that yeah. year. Was that that Clay Tom? No, that it was that was Clay Thompson's sophomore year. Yeah, yeah, it was. But oh, t- you, yeah. The point of the story is you couldn't beat Ken is never as good as we think it should be. So they really because aren't. they don't care. They don't care about. They don't actually care about basketball down there. They really don't. No, they don't. Like, like all they really care about is football and 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 how's that gone recently? You know. They build that nice arena and nobody actually cares. God, I wish we had that arena. No kidding, right? Wish we had that debt money. So good for Enfield. I don't know. I guess I don't think he's on the hot seat there because he shouldn't be. Nobody actually like, really cares, but like, like like we've just like we've just expressed, he's done as well as anyone there. Right. So and he doesn't seem to be playing Dunk City anymore. But even though he has like dudes now yeah <laughs> i don't know what his recruits are who are coming in though because he's going to lose his best player and then his two yeah. other best players were seniors so i think he's had a couple years where he's lost his but i think they've had a couple one and dones. uh yeah. and then yeah rikisovich or rikosovich was a senior matthews was a senior yep um i, I feel like yeah the, i don't know that like the Sturdivant dude has really bad numbers, but he seemed pretty good to me. Like it's like there was something there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, look at this: a Max Egg Bonk Polo. Egg Bonk Polo. Mm. That's what amazing. a last name. Uh, probably pronounced it correctly too. All right, so coming in next year, they've got is two is Isaiah Mobley kids. is Isaiah Mobley related to Catino Mobley? I don't know, but that'd be funny if he was. I just that's that's just who I think when I see the name Mobley. So USC's got two more top. Oh, shit, Isaiah Mobley was a five star recruit last year, so he's probably going to be pretty good. So right now. Welcome right. to USC Basketball Talk. Right now, um, okay, this can't be right. Podcast versus everyone. Right now, it says USC's national rank for the 2021. Oh, we're on 2021. 
2021 recruiting class. They're number, they've got the number one 2021 recruiting class right now, but obviously there's time for that to change. Well, that's the thing about them is they, um, obviously in football and basketball, like they sign amazing classes a lot. Yeah, like, so and, 2020, and just... let's look at 2020, sorry. So 2020 class, uh, they've got another Mobley coming in, Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is his little brother. Holy yeah. shit, five-star kid, number three overall recruit. That's pretty good. Yeah, and, and Isaiah Mobley was a five-star, number 23 overall recruit. So. Damn. They Why aren't they gotten, good? They must have gotten like their uncle or something to be an assistant coach. Enfield's Enfield's recruiting. Okay, hold on. I got to look at this because goodness knows you don't sign guys like that. Hold on. All right. So Isaiah Mobley. Oh, wait. Would you look at that? Eric Mobley is in his second season as an assistant coach. Holy huh. shit, dude. Good find, huh. Jeff. Good Boy, find. that is so weird. So Eric Mobley is in his second season. He was added to the position uh, by Andy Enfield on March 24th, 2018. We are excited to add Eric to our coaching staff, said Enfield at the time of the signing. He brings to our program a wealth of playing and coaching experience at a variety of levels. He brings He's to our an program outstanding two, coach and a terrific person. He brings to our program two five-star sons. Yeah, you're not going to believe this, but Mobley, 51, coached various AAU programs during the previous 11 years, coaching the AAU Compton Magic 16-under team the three years before joining USC. That's amazing. Uh, let's look down here. Oh, he and Nickel are the parents of sons Isaiah and Evan. Isaiah is a <laughs> freshman on USC's team this season. The Mobleys also serve as oh, foster parents for five years to teens who are now adults. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can't make fun of that. But they uh, are also currently nice serving people. as a host family for a Chinese student, Johnny, who is going to high school here in the States. <sighs> what a They're heartwarming nice people. story. They're, dude, Evan Mobley, seven foot. Can you believe that? This is like this is like when the Porters were coming to UW. And, and then, then like, they didn't. And then they didn't, and their dad got hired at Missouri, and then magically they went to Missouri. That's amazing. Oh my God! I, and look, I, listen, I'm not college hate, basketball. College basketball recruiting is on another level. I'm like not it's hating just on a this. Whole I'm thing. like, whatever, dude. You go get it. I don't care. Like, you go for it. But also, let's let's acknowledge what the game is, right? Right. How long <laughs> just, have we talked about USC basketball just now? Like twenty minutes. I don't know. We could talk about how uh, Tracy Ford's brother only coached at Division Three programs and then magically got hired as the offensive quality control assistant after being a defensive coordinator at UPS. For uh, And if we want to talk about how families get involved with recruiting. <laughs> well, I wanted to set you up. <laughs> um, so where did he get hired, Jeff? He got hired at the University of Washington. Ah, yes. Huh. Um, I, I'm sure because of his coaching acumen. Oh, I'm sure he is uh, an offensive genius, despite having not coached offense recently. Wait, so who is his brother again? Who is his, this Tracy Ford? Tracy Ford runs a uh, high-level high school athletic development program in western Washington. And he notably spent the last like two years complaining about how Mike Leach did not recruit in the state, which translated uh, yes. meant was not recruiting his guys who got big sky offers. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my big sky guys need to sign with WSU to make yeah. me look better. 
really missing out. Really missing out. Missing the boat. Need to bring back Wolf. Yeah. The one that got away. Like what was what was that basketball player Shit. who went to Cal? Remember that? The one that got away? Oh my god. I can't what remember year was his that? name. I don't know, it's like ten years ago. I uh, if if I ago. see his name, I'll remember. Um he what we like he literally like that was such a meme on Kook Center. Oh my gosh. Like we had the one that got away like uh acronym that yeah. we would just use. Yeah, Totka. Totka. Toka, Toka. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Cal. That was Bone Era, right? Yeah. Emerson Murray. Yeah. Emerson Murray. Emerson Murray. The one that got away. Top two. Top for two. sure. Top two for sure. <laughs> so top two. <laughs> so we better tell the we better tell the backstory. All right. So like, quickly though. Okay. So Emerson Murray was a recruit apparently that WC was looking at. Yeah, he's Canadian. He was, he's Canadian from Vancouver. Uh, he ended up uh, signing with Cal, and some person decided to who uh, may do or a, may not have been actually related to him. Related to him, oh, God, I, I wish I could find that. He probably didn't even like. I'm going to search on on our site for Emerson Murray and just see if it comes up. But like, I I just so I could read it because it's it's art, it's found art. What do you say, found art? Yeah, like it's found art. Um, it's one of the great. Um. Okay, so I I did a top ten Kook Center moments about it, which is a meme meme in itself. Right. Oh, uh, okay. Right. I, Long time. Most Kook put. Center oh, and, and, and in that, that I found it. Okay, I can I can found it. I found it. I found it. All right. All right. Brian Hirsch, the legendary Brian Hirsch, talent evaluator. Yeah. Fam post entitled "The One That Got Away." The one that got away. I can't believe you found this. That's amazing. Coogs lose one of the best from 2010. Every exclamation point, of course. Sleeping at the switch. Sleep sleep at the switch. Emerson Murray, one of the best combo guards in the class of 2010, goes to Cal State. That's right. (laughs) Good job, Cal State. Maybe maybe he's a Stanford fan and is just throwing shade. I Could don't know. Be. It's possible. I would rate him top two. Just top two of what nobody knows. Nobody knows, but top nobody two for knows. sure. Top two of players named Emerson that go to his high school. I don't know. Like it's we, we we're not aware, but honestly he is rated top two. He combines a great personality with athleticism and game that is unparalleled. That is, and then there's two un- two spaces for some reason, unparalleled at his level. It is electrifying to think how he will blossom with the proper coaching. This is these are all sentences that are like one like one line each. That and with some two spaces, great talent two spaces with the ability to anticipate the play. That is it. That is all. 28 comments, which is probably a fan post record, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. And this, this, this just became... Oh, my God. This just became uh, a, a, a years-long 
me a month. But, but anyway, so I, I Emerson don't know if you're like me, but don't don't you miss the days when actually we had Coog Center memes? Like when we actually Yeah. Like when when everything was active enough that we actually like we came up with these inside jokes. Yeah. I would rate it top many Honestly, I would rate those days top 2, Jeff. I would rate them <laughs> top 2. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that joke. I saw that joke coming, and it was still funny. So he went to Cal. He went to Cal. Do you know where he transferred to? Yeah, I know. I'm he looking at it. Seattle U. <laughs> and he was never good. And he was bad. <laughs> he was... <laughs> I mean, I, I, no disrespect to Emerson no Murray. No disrespect at all. You just have to. Just it's Brian Hurch's fault, man. He didn't even make it to his senior year. <laughs> No, he did. He no, just... he didn't. Oh, no, you're right. He transferred. He... Wait, he has two junior years at CLU. Wait, what? Okay, hold but on. on. Hold on. It's now listed as. No, he did. He played four years. I think that's an error in on it might, it might be. It might be. No, he just barely played his senior Although year. his. No, he played a lot and it was just terrible. I'm sorry. He played a lot. He played a lot. And just no it one gave him the ball. Very no, listen. So his first year at Seattle U, he had he was twenty two percent possession, and then the next year he was ten point like eleven percent. You and don't his see that. He dropped. You just don't see either of those things. His I, I don't went know. Up, his possessions went down. His efficiency went down. That's so. Wild. Was he was like a spark plug off the bench when he was a junior, and well, then you're a starter now, and he just. Apparently got to the free throw line a bunch, but that was it. Well, when your turnover rate is thirty eight percent as a guard, that's that. No, that's amazing. He had he had a eleven percent, ten point nine percent possessions, and a thirty seven turnover rate. That and and then he had a sixty seven free throw rate. Almost all of his possessions <laughs> were a turnover or Turnovers a free throw. <laughs> someone this is like he played two-thirds of the minutes and he only took uh 77 62 no, no, shots 72 shots 60 and 42 shots. free th- he took 62 shots and, and 42, 42 free, throws, free throws and he played a lot <laughs> he played 77 percent of the minutes in conference this is play. amazing like that is such an incredibly he, wait, low wait 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 Hold on. He played 77% of the minutes in conference play. So that's, I mean, if he played in every game, which he probably did, and then that would be roughly 30 minutes a night, and he took 29 shots the entire conference season. 30 minutes a night. 30 minutes so a night. So 14 games, shots. 14 games, 30 minutes a night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 10 times 30 is... 300, 4 times 30, 120, 420 minutes. In 420 minutes, he took 29 shots. <laughs> we could break it down further into what their, like, use, like, their possessions was that year, but I don't want to. But, like, there so many possessions where he literally did nothing. The one that got away, Craig. The one that got away. Oh, my gosh. I, I have rarely seen a player with this high of a... Uh, uh, minute percentage with yeah. this low of a yeah. usage yeah and this low of a shot percentage dude like the shot percentage is amazing like six, six percent six percent 
six percent you're on the floor for two thirds of the minutes and you're taking shots on six percent of the possessions. Man. The that's Seattle team fun. was not good if you didn't No realize. way. That's a Well, they had a winning record though. It. They had a winning record, but that this was that old the the uh the 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 reinvigorated whack when there's just a lot of really bad teams yeah. <laughs> like just a, yeah. there was New Mexico State well it's pretty much like that now but New Mexico State and a bunch of garbage Grand I mean Canyon I, well Grand yeah. Canyon's a, a program you know Ooh. well they were with they Dan were Marley until they fired Dan Marley idiots whatever um but yeah Thunder Dan but. Man, Emerson Murray, what a what a callback! The one that got uh, away. The one that got away. Ken Bone probably can't sleep still. Yeah. Uh, Down in Pepperdine, just... living in Malibu, going man. If only I'd landed Emerson Murray. Man, you know, of all the places to just land as an assistant coach, Pepperdine is a pretty good place. <laughs> that is not a bad place at yeah. all. And uh, you know Curtis Ken Allen, is Curtis still Allen got of... out at the right time too, you know. Yeah. So good for him. And Ken Bone isn't even the most famous Ken. No, famous Ken Bone at this point. <laughs> it's true. It's the <laughs> the guy in the red sweater. That's an incredible callback right there, man. We are just all about the callbacks tonight. Oh my God! Uh, hey, what what do you, what have you been drinking? <laughs> A lot, a obviously. A, a lot. That's a hell of a transition. Uh, what I am currently drinking is the uh, Belching Beaver Deftones Phantom Bride IPA, which I think I've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, is one of my one of my favorites uh, when I can find it. Um, you just love them Deftones. Yeah, and the the can is fantastic. There's like a like a beaver skull on it, and. Holy shit, dude! I I uh, I'm just reading my post on this. I did like an FJM takedown of, of a, a different of one of Brian Murray. Hirsch's post of, oh. of a different. <laughs> apparently, oh my god! But he wrote more than one post. Apparently, yeah. Or or maybe I just oh my god sleeping you- at the switch. Sleeping at the switch. Don't you love it when you go back and you find stuff that you wrote and you're like, I don't remember writing that at all. Oh, this I don't remember writing this at all. I remember <laughs> getting Coug, top 10 Coog Center moments. I think I got to six. Uh, I, and one of them maybe. I just linked. One one of them I was just an asshole and just linked to the to the post that I wrote. Like I went, I posted it and then immediately went back and linked to the same post. And so it was just like a cycle, like the, the the top six cougar moment is this, this post right here. Like it's, so it's just like a cycle. Um, I was very clever back in the day. That's um, right. Uh, you know. You're still pretty uh, clever. Uh, you know, I just don't use it. Um, uh, it's just, uh, saw his final two games this year and the coaching at St. George's was pathetic. <laughs> Talk about a class act. He puts his arm around their coach and thanked him. So, I okay. So I can't believe. So this is my writing. I can't believe they could rob such a great personality of the MVP. Okay, so the so the hotter the competition, the better he plays. Plus, he was robbed of the MVP. It was the first time in the history of the tournament that the winning team didn't 
D-I-D-I-N, apostrophe T, have the MVP dot politics, you say. MVP dot politics. And I say, the hotter the competition, no wonder he wanted to go to California. People are so much more attractive there, what with their tans and all. I can't believe they could rob such a great personality of the MVP award. Also, I'm concerned that Hirsch started having a stroke earlier. And then back to Hirsch, saw his final two games, G-M-E-E-S, this year and the coaching at St. George's was pathetic. Talk about a class act puts tomorrow and thanked him. And I say definitely a stroke, man. I was so funny. <laughs> we did some good shit back in the day, man. <sighs> when the football team was bad and we had nothing to write about. Well, it yeah, day. I mean, that was the best part, right? Like that was when, when we really had no choice. But oh, to be I, clever. This is pretty funny. The first comment is we'll take a look at Brian's work. FJM style FJM. Um, fire! For, how many people even know what Fire Joe Morgan is at this point? My most favorite blog of all time, yeah. Fire Joe Morgan, um, which turned me into the nerd I am today. Um, fire Joe Morgan, FJM. So they they did a classic, and um, now famous Michael Schur, who is uh, one of the greatest uh, TV creators <laughs> of known, all time, <laughs> known for things other than Fire Joe Morgan at this point. You know, a cousin Mo's slash blog. Cousin Moe slash a writer and, and um, I think a showrunner on, on The Office, the showrunner on Parks, Parks and Rec, and Rec uh, created The Good created Place, the good place. Uh, created Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, just a talented man, but I will always think of him, and yes. Amanda has heard Ken me say a thousand times, this is Ken Tremendous. Well, that's still his Twitter, it's which is great. It's still his Twitter, yep. Um, but, uh, but Brian's comment was, we'll take a look. Brian Floyd says, we'll take a look at Brian's work FJM style in quotes. And he said, "Woo, I was worried there for a second. Good comment. <laughs> Missy Brian comment on the site. Yeah. Sometimes. Brian Floyd definitely doesn't listen this far into our podcast. <laughs> if at all, <laughs> whatever Floyd people listening to this podcast, are like who's Brian Floyd. They don't know. They, they probably don't. They, I mean, it's, sure the people that have. Actually, the people that are listening right now definitely do. My favorite definitely is, do. Maybe my favorite is when Brian drops in like once a year <laughs> for like a like a like a column or something on. Cooper Writes Football. the most popular column on the site, and it you're like, like, "You son you know, of a bitch!" Five thousand views, and it's like, "God damn!" In like you, a Brian. second, <laughs> five thousand views is not a lot of, lot for us, by the way. Shut up. Yes, yeah, true. In one day, though. In it, one, be pretty good for hour. a day. I do remember that uh, that um, that Coogs drank the bar dry Auburn post oh, that yeah. I did. Oh yeah, had like ninety eight thousand views yeah. in like six hours. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts. That was nuts. Uh, Nothing I've moment. ever written. I've written. To, to ten thousand things, and like that's yeah. nothing I've ever written will yeah. ever be read more than that. No, and and <laughs> do you remember when like we were at the uh, Apple Cup in I don't know whatever it was, whatever the last time was we went to the Apple Cup in Seattle, and we were like sitting in the parking lot drinking beer and like looking at the real twenty fifteen, yeah, looking at the real time analytics for all the like people coming to the site looking at our Apple Cup stuff. Look at that! Look at that! We don't do that anymore. We just don't care. We're just old now. We just like, write whatever we want to write. Like whatever. We do whatever we want. Like this shitty podcast. Man, this this particular episode this is This particular shitty. podcast is pretty shitty. <laughs> this is a pretty shitty episode. Uh, there's nothing to talk about, man. This is terrible. 
Yeah, June 15th, uh, we're going to work out again. We're going to yeah, lift some I, weights. Uh, okay. We'll do a we'll do a live podcast on people working out. Yeah, we'll just, yeah, we'll get like we'll we'll ask, ask ask WSU if we can just be in the weight room 6 feet away with masks on talking with our microphones. Yeah, I'm sure. And, yep. I'm sure they'll be doing that. Although we can we should uh we should drive over. We should drive over to Pullman, man. The Cougs open. They're in oh, phase yeah. 2. That'd be sick. We could do that. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I don't know. Preston probably wants a haircut. I need a haircut, dude. <laughs> I, do I know too. you do. I'm. I swear. I. I. Every day, I'm like thinking, I'm just gonna shave it. I'm gonna fucking shave it, dude. I gotta. I have to. I have to do these uh, LinkedIn lives every Wednesday for work. Yeah. Like we're like I'm hosting like a video, a live video show, and every week it's harder and harder to make harder and harder and i do them at 8 a.m our time so you know like i have to like get up and shower and and like do all that which i don't normally do because i work from home and then i've always worked from home i do not shower or do anything before i w- wake up and start working i just start working uh but i have to like get up and i shower and i and i and i comb my hair and uh and i and i have to every week i have to put more and more product in it to make it to tame it because uh, it's longer and longer, um, and so I uh, I def- desperately need a haircut. Um, although it has turned into a running joke on the uh, the live series, so at least I have that. There you go. I don't know if I shave it, I can wear hats for months, and I don't have to. Dude, that's what like I'm I when I do let my hair get this long, like sometimes, but I always just wear hats. But I can't wear a hat on that thing. Again, so you know, I like I'm wearing a hat right now. I got my uh, my new Rainiers hat in WSU crimson and gray. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good hat. Hey, we should talk about hats for just a second because our friend, our mutual friend. Well, yeah, that's what I was obviously getting into. Yeah, with Dave my new Clark. hat. Yep. Dave Clark with the uh, who wants to be on the podcast, Jeff? Let him be I on know. the podcast. We need to do that. We should have had him on this episode. I don't think we had anything to talk about. That'd be hilarious. Dave loves beer. Yeah, he does love beer. He also loves things like soccer. And he also worked in beer. So Dungeons and Dragons. Like he loves all. He kinds really of loves D and D. Yes, I, he does. Probably more than <laughs> soccer. Definitely more than soccer. <laughs> my uh, my teenager decided like he saw I don't know like he saw like it on a YouTube video or something D and D thing and he comes down and he's like. Dad, have you ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons? Oh my God, dude! And Josh like, is definitely going to be <laughs> right. Fast forward six months. <laughs> and I go, I go. You're yes, going to be I, buying yes. these books. Dude. I know. Like I said these yes. I've heard of Dungeons and Dragons, and he's like, "Oh, like that sounds really interesting." And I'm like, oh my "I can't God. believe Josh hasn't found this oh, yet." Shit. So like, oh, so sorry. I, I'm saying I'm I'm doxing your kid, but right. Whatever. Like, so that's all right. So I send an, I send a, I send a message to Dave, and I'm like, "Hey, so my teenager decided he he thinks Dungeons and Dragons are interesting. Where do I start?" And so he said, "Here, here's a book that a guy wrote about." Dungeons and Dragons that kind of introduces them to the worlds and the people and whatever. And I'm like, okay, great. So I bought that for him. And dude, he's going to love it. Dude. I know I'm going to be stuck like doing Dungeons and Dragons with my kid. I don't know. My mom thought it was Satanistic, so I don't know. It'd be a good it. for it. Good. I mean, he'll, he'll make friends. So I'm sure good. he will. That, like that's totally his tribe. Like it's, mm-hmm. he's, he's just such a nerd like that and he'll love it. And, 
you know, he loves those kind of fantasy worlds. And so he'll be, he'll be good. It's just, it cracks me up. So, so anyway, so Dave Clark loves, loves Dungeons and Dragons and, uh, Dave, Dave was like, Dungeons and Dragons are great. Like you can, you know, it's all about like, you know, teaming up with, you know, diverse people to accomplish a, a goal. And he started like naming movies and TV shows and, you know, Princess Bride and Stranger Things. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there we go. So community, community. Yeah. Did he name Community? Or I'm not sure if he did. I can't remember all the ones he named. Might have I love the D&D episodes of Community. They're great yeah. episodes. Yeah. So anyway, so hey, uh, if you are a, you know, if you are in the Tacoma My sister area, is really into D&D, by the way. So. That's cool. Might have yeah. to draw on her as a resource. But anyway, about yeah, the hats. About the hats. If you're in the Tacoma area, the, the Rainiers slash Tacoma Defiance are uh, donating $5 from every hat sale to... What is it? Meals, right? Meals for frontline workers or something like that. Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. I'm remembering correctly. Or maybe it was to uh, service workers. I can't remember. Yeah, it was something it was like, like that. Food anyway, service workers. So five bucks to, to people who deserve it. And uh, so if you're if you're interested in a hat, they have all kinds of pretty awesome hats. So like actually. if you're thinking of buying the hat, like it's $5 goes to something good. Yeah. So just... I'm waiting for the June paycheck. So. And then I'll be I, uh, Amanda and I sat after a few beers on like I think it was Saturday night and I was like oh they're donating to something and so I went on I bought the uh uh the uh, 90s Tacoma Rainiers hat with like the mountain on it and like Ooh, it's spelled out and, yeah, it's and then I bought the Coog uh the Coog uh, uh colored Rainiers hat and then she got just like a 47 brand like uh, you know, adjustable hat. Um, so $15 out of the dollars yeah. that we spent to um, somebody kinda, already. I dig nice because I live hats. in Tacoma. They, they, you dig what? I dig the trucker hats. So I think that's where I'm going to Yeah. Have. And the great thing, dude, the, I I mean, I go to a lot of games and, and there's a lot of really good. Uh, I, I There's some really good. My favorite Defiant, like one of my favorite hats is a Defiance hat. It's just T-A-C, big letters. It's yep. a black hat. Yeah, that's Defiance a great hat. On the you back love wearing that tag. one a lot. Yeah, I, I love that hat. Um, I already had that one, obviously, so I didn't buy it. Um, but I am tempted. I love the Defiance logo. Like they did yep. a great job with the it branding. I, I've been wanting to buy the one that just has the logo on it. But I've, uh, you know, you got, I have so many fucking hats. Um, <laughs> I have so many New Era fifty nine fifty hats. Like it's ridiculous. There's some really ridiculous. great ones though. Like the ones that say like Defiantly Tacoma. Like those are pretty. Great. Oh yeah, really cool. Um, There's a lot of they. It's cool because of uh, the Defiance have that relationship with the Rainiers, right? You get a lot better merchandise, like I yep. think, because uh, they're with like an MILB team, so yep. they get like the the nicer hat brands. Yeah, so they, they got get the, the new era, new era, and the forty stuff. Yeah, the forty seven brand hats, the thirty nine thirty new era hats, like all the you know the trucker hats, whatever. Right. Like so, they have some great gear, um, which has made it fun. I really miss, I really miss it, man. I miss going to Cheney Stadium, uh, dude. I, I saw my uh, my Facebook the memories. Unlimited beer. Ah uh, yes, my Facebook, <laughs> my Facebook memories popped up uh, yesterday for last year's Memorial Day. I took B to a rain match, and we yes, we did have um, unlimited beer. It was just Coors Light for that one. It was uh, it was like a Memorial Day special, but uh, still, whatever. I'm not gonna like. It was really hot. I'll chug Coors Lights all day. It was fine, but I had my daughter, so I wasn't chugging them that 
frequently. Um, but yeah, so but I, I saw that and like, man, I miss sporting events. I love taking B last summer to rain matches, Sounders matches, uh, Defiance matches, Rainiers, Mariners, you know, and then we just haven't been able to do that and it sucks and I and I want that part of my life back, Jeff. I want it back. I know. The closest we get is soccer halfway around the world at six thirty AM. It's pretty fun, man. It is pretty fun. I, I we, we we've done a good job with that. I, I'm gonna be. I think I'm gonna watch it with my dad on Sunday, but I'm gonna try to zoom you guys in, um, and uh, and we'll. Uh, you can watch it with me and my dad. Uh, yeah. If we get back on a winning, get back on the winning track. Dude, secure. they're playing Paderborn. Yeah, they might, we'll they be, might we'll drop okay. six or seven goals on them. That's what I want, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just let's just secure that Champions League bid that we yep. deserve and yep. and uh, that is ours and uh, then we then we get to watch champions league next year and yeah. be, that's the best that's awful. like last so like this last year uh friggin um fc barcelona went to dortmund like for, you know because they they played him in the group stage so they went to dortmund and they went to camp new like yeah. so like that's freaking nuts dude like uh, I think they tied in that match, but like that must like I can't even imagine the atmosphere for that with like Lionel Messi is like in Dortmund Stadium, like yep. nuts. Yep. Uh, Champions League is a great thing. Yep. Um, Wish we had something like that here. Well, we really. do. I mean, uh, kind of. <laughs> the Concacaf Champions League, mm. um, which we do get some uh, cool ass Mexican teams and stuff a lot, we but. Do. Um, Dudes we've never heard of running around, running circles around us on the field. Beating us, uh, knocking us out of the first round of the. Oh no, that wasn't even a Mexican team. That was that was a Mexican team. team. I know. I was trying to oversell them. (laughs) Shut up, shut up. (laughs) Although I will say there was some Honduran fans in the crowd, and it was pretty fun watching them enjoy that. I'll bet they were having, especially in retrospect, that the tournament wouldn't have been played anyway. So it's like, (laughs) Like, "Eh, sorry. Tournament's not finishing. Like, You're out of luck. you enjoyed that way more than I would have. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Like, if they had won and then the tournament got canceled, we'd be like, "Oh man, what could have been?" And now we're just like, "Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really it's matter." <laughs> okay. We're gonna win the Club World Cup. That's right. Like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Whatever. That's I, I don't know. I think it's probably about time to wrap this thing up. No, it's way past time to wrap this thing up. Are you kidding me? If you're still it's, listening, it's and we're you at, have we're not like an hour and a half, and I would say we're at least like an hour and ten minutes too long. <laughs> at least. Yep. If you're somehow still listening and not subscribed, just subscribe. Yeah. Like, and if you're subscribe. somehow still listening and you have not rated us five stars, you must really like this. If yeah. you went 90 minutes into this, rate us five stars. Give Please. us a comment. Please. You know, BVB till you die or whatever, you know. That's right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Uh, I'm I'm the Craig Powers on Twitter. Your pod versus everyone. That's me. Mostly. Um, yeah. It, it Pretty much all of it <laughs> at this point. I'm not touching that thing. <laughs> You still got the password, though. I do. I get all the notifications. You could jump in there. I could. I could ruin your life. You could. That's true. Hi, this is Jeff Newser. And I'm about to say something very controversial. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Well, I'll, I'll keep that in mind if you piss me off, Jeff. <laughs> uh, go Cougs, Craig. Go Cougs.